happy happy wednesday welcome and welcome back to the kingdom talk podcast where we let the one who created us be the one to define us it's your girl prophecy biola and today we are back with episode 17 and for today's episode hmm, it, it was it it's gonna be hard to hear i'm, I'm gonna just say a disclaimer um And I love how it's been coming together because honestly, as I said, y'all, every episode, I literally just ask God to be the leading factor. Like whatever you want me to say, I'm going to say. So usually I don't, I don't plan ahead because, um, I don't like to feel like I know what I'm supposed to be doing because sometimes that can limit me from actually hearing from what God, you know, what God wants me to do. So for this episode, things were just unfolding and I just kept getting confirmation after confirmation. And that's how I knew that this was definitely something that God wanted me to share. So we're going to get started. Um, And I'm just going to have like a little backstory so we can just move into this a lot smoothly. (laughs) Because I don't want to get in too crazy in the beginning. But um I'm going to start with a little backstory. So, um, for a very long time in my life, I've always been kind of like different. I've always aimed for more. I've always wanted to be better. It, it's weird to to say it because I noticed from a very young age, a lot of people weren't like that. And I'm not trying to like be biased against myself or make myself look better than anyone else. No, this is just what I've learned and what I've seen in my life. And so I got into elementary school and, you know, I didn't, I I got bullied a lot because my parents' stuff was going on and things got out because my parents are celebrities in Canada, basically, y'all. It's crazy. But I grew up in the spotlight and I, I managed to, um, to cultivate that for my own. And so I used the spotlight as an opportunity to do better. And I remember in, in elementary school, that's exactly what I did. I, I was, in the beginning, I was bullied, but then I kind of got my foothold because I was in boarding school, right? I was away from home. I started to get my foothold, and then I started to, you know, um, express my talents and stuff like that. And I became the face of the school because I was a singer. I was leading the parades. I was preaching on Sundays. Yes, <laughs> preaching on Sunday. <laughs> Because it was a boarding school, you guys. Ask anyone. If you ask, matter of fact, if you go to my following, you're going to see people. Well, you're not going to know them. But there's people who follow me from um, elementary school, and I follow them. And I know for a fact that if I was to ask them right now, they're going to remember the times that I preached on Sunday. Literally preached on Sunday. Because it was boarding school, and we, had, we used to have services on Sunday. That's how crazy that's how crazy this is. <laughs> That's how crazy I was going. I had like a whole sermon. I'll never forget. I was talking about like being an eagle and flying above. So anyways, I've always been like that type of girl who's always wanted, strived for more. And at the same time, like always followed the rules in some sense. And so um, 
I just noticed that a lot of people were not like that from the beginning. I, I never had any friends, like really, I was always alone because like I just didn't like gossiping. I didn't like talking about people. I didn't like um, just doing dumb things. Like I wasn't into the whole dysfunctional thing because that's, that's what I had all my life. You know, I grew up with an abusive father, blah, blah, blah. So I was trying to get away from that life, from that mindset and i just avoided so i was alone most of the time and i was seen as an as a as someone who's like oh she thinks she's too good for us type of thing right because i was always alone like i i noticed i couldn't make friends right um so coming up to um me coming into canada i already was used to do, doing the whole thing and then when i came to canada my faith in god start to like waver a little bit because i was being exposed to this new environment white people if you know anything about kenya we have not seen we like we don't see white people so it's in kenya it's like and it's so weird to say this but in kenya it's like white people are a big deal um and i know i sound so like barbaric and like village-ish but no this is just the reality of my culture um in kenya and so when i came here i'm exposed to this environment i'm seeing boys with blonde hair and blue eyes i'm like oh my gosh i'm falling in love because in canada we used to watch movies of these boys right like these white boys and their brown hair and blue eyes and we always so when i we always wanted that when i came here all my friends were asking me oh my god do you have a boyfriend yet is he white you know what i mean it was like a culture shock so anyways fast forward um I, my faith in God just started to waver, but I always held like the word of God. Like I always held on to God, even though I fell far from him and I wasn't really following him, like, you know, with my actions and my life, I always held on to him for some reason. And then I started to read books and, and develop myself and stuff like that. And then, um, when God now called me to like, seriously walk with him, literally everything I thought I knew went down the bloody drain. I'm telling you, everything went down the drain. Everything that I thought I knew went down the drain. Because God literally showed me the nasty things in my heart. And I had to face myself and all of my characteristics and 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 you know some you know a lot about me, right? And right off the bat, when I started to follow God, I started to lose friends. I, I lost my best friend. Um, I wouldn't say I lost her, but I separated from my best friend. Um, I just, I, I separated myself a lot from the world. I had to go from being like this person on social media who was like posting all these thirst traps (laughs) to being someone who was talking about the Bible every day. Like I was talking about God every single moment that I had. And I remember that I was rejected like a hundred percent of the time um because people just had this 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 image of me right and i couldn't shake it because i mean if i was to follow god i have to i have to take up everything that comes with that right i can't pick and choose right and i realized um as i was thinking about that and i was thinking about my life and what exactly like kept me in that mindset that I was in like what kept me fighting against God what kept me far from God and I realized that we live in an age where I don't think let me rephrase that I don't think it's coincidental 
that the music industry right now is crazy. Because if you look at like 10 years ago, the music industry was still there, but it wasn't crazy like that. But now from like, I'd say like 20, 2012 to like now, the whole music industry has blown up. And it's been crazy um, how um, and why this has happened, right? Literally, I was thinking about that and I was thinking about my music before I came to Christ and even though I wasn't listening to like, I wasn't listening to rap because I didn't really like the rap because used to, I don't know, it just didn't, it didn't fit with me. I used to listen to a lot of Daniel Caesar, a lot of her, a lot of, you know, a lot of artists that, you know, were R&B singers and all of that stuff, right? And it was taught, let me tell y'all, if, if there was anyone who was a bigger fan of Summer Walker, it would be none other but me. I loved Summer Walker, yo. I loved it every album she ever produced i literally memorized all the songs and i would sing them all the time i literally have snap memories just always reminding me because you know just always reminding me of of my life before christ and how i used to sing to her songs and it's crazy to see myself in that right but it's so interesting to me why we keep indulging in um we keep entertaining that music it was interesting to me you know and i felt like majority maybe majority majority of it is because everyone else is doing it but i i think there's something deeper there and i was thinking about music and what we feed ourselves and subconscious and the subconscious and the conscious so i'm gonna give you guys some psychology because i'm a psychology psychology major and i'm gonna give you guys some psychology right now so 70 95 percent of our mind is subconscious okay and 75 percent bro what am i saying 95 percent is subconscious and five percent is conscious isn't that interesting okay do you know that you absorb everything in your environment, even when you don't know it. That's why you can be listening to music in your car, but still hear cars passing by, right? You're, you can focus on something. You can be at the library studying, but you can still hear people talking. And all of that, this is psychology, this is science, you can search it up. Everything that you see and hear, even though you don't pay attention, even if you see a billboard and you don't see what, you know what I'm saying? You didn't pay attention to it. You subconsciously read that billboard and now it's in your subconscious. Like it's literally you're up, like you're you're like a sponge that absorbs every single thing into your environment. That's why when you see something and someone asks you, "Hey, what was that?" you can go back to your mind and pick up that image. Be like, "Oh, that's what it said. I didn't really pay attention, but that's what it said." You didn't pay attention, but your mind still absorbed it. Did you know that your subconscious mind influences your, your, your conscious mind? And I'm going to give you a good example of this. Let's talk about trauma. Let's talk about hurt. Let's talk about trust issues, okay? Let's say you get into a relationship, someone hurt you, right? Crazy. You were vulnerable. You know, you gave your heart. You know what I'm saying? It's a real heartbreak. It's a real heartbreak right there, right? <sighs> you don't grieve that you don't heal let's say you're just like yeah whatever forget about it and then you numb it 
right? You're going to end up having trust issues and that's going to be in your subconscious. And the next person in your life that is offering a relationship to you, you're going to go in with that same mindset. Why? Because the subconscious hurt and pain and vulnerability of your previous relationship is now influencing your mind is influencing your opinion about this new person in your life. Trauma is the best way I can describe this. Let's say you grew up always having to to explain yourself because let's say you had helicopter parents and helicopter parents just means parents who like closely watch you and watch your grades and watch everything you do, right? Who are crazy strict. Some aren't strict, but there is variations to it. Let's say you had helicopter parents, right? And um, they just wanted to always watch you and you always had to explain yourself. Guess what? You're going to go into the world and majority of the time you're going to start to overshare and over explain yourself. Why? Because you're trying to prove something, right? That subconscious part, that subconscious child, that person, that, that, that opinion, that mindset that that's in your subconscious is literally influencing your actions of the conscious mind. So what goes into your subconscious influences your sub uh, your conscious and your conscience produces your actions. And I think it's interesting to me that the music industry is literally feeding us dysfunction. And we're just we're just singing along. Like that was not the most traumatic thing this person has ever, has ever experienced. We're talking about I know Suza's song. This is okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is where now I wanted to start. I was trying to find my foothold. Okay, Suza's song, right? The one that um, I, I don't know. I think it's called Kill Bill. Um, on TikTok, everyone's like crazy over it. Like, it's she says, "I might kill my ex. Not the best idea. His new girlfriend's next." how something like how'd i get there you go how how'd i get here right and then we have all these people on tiktok literally going i don't get my like literally sitting there and 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 singing this song <laughs> you guys then we have lady gaga with her song i'll dance 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 with my hands 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 up on my head 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 like jesus did so we have mocking Jesus, and then we have some someone talking about murder. Now, because it's a song, it's innocent. <sighs> because it's a song, it's innocent, right? It's just a beat, man. Like, why are you taking life so serious? Well, if the Bible didn't say that the power of life and death is in our tongue, then I wouldn't be taking it serious. Because the deception is that it's not that big of a deal. If it's not that big of a deal, why are we told that the power of life and death is in our tongue? If it's not a big deal, I'll tell you why it's a big deal. Because when you're singing that song, it is going into your subconscious. You're not going to say, well, of course, I'm not going to kill anyone, right? Of course, I'm not going to kill anyone. Of course, I'm not going to kill anyone. Of course, I'm not going to kill anyone. That's what you're telling yourself right now, right? But what you're feeding yourself is going into your subconscious. And there might be, I'm not saying there will be, okay? 
there might be a situation where you are insanely heartbroken and the contents of your subconscious are going to bring up that thought. It's, it's going to make it a possibility. We are literally playing ourselves because we think that the enemy is not working hard to kill us. He will kill you in the way that is most desirable to you. He will make he will make death look like life. And I'm not just talking about physical death. I'm talking about spiritual death because if you're spiritually dead, you are dead. Period. So, this is how I think our subconscious is influenced, right? We listen to these things, we watch these things, right? We even see like different videos on YouTube about smash or pass, marry, kill, uh, stuff like that, right? And we f- we're constantly feeding ourselves this, I would say, useless um, information. And that all that's in our subconscious is this information. And it's so hard to actually hear what God is saying because there's so many things. There's so many things in your subconscious, there's so many things going on in your subconscious. And I'm just going to I'm gonna tell you guys the vision I had last night. And it's going to tie into what I want to talk about. But I don't think the enemy is after our youth for no reason. I think there's a reason why the youth are being attacked. I think the reason why the youth are the main focus of the money-making industry. Literally. If you're, if you're between the age of 15, 14 to like 34 you are young you are a young person okay but i'm gonna i'm gonna break it down once i talk about the vision that i had so i was um talking to my mentor and as she prayed for me i had a very disturbing vision and in this vision i saw people's hands like when you think about like a zombie movie you always see when people are running away and like they're putting their hands through the door. The zombies are like trying to get through the door, right? And you see the hands through the door as someone is trying to close it. That's what the the vision, that's the vision that I had. I saw hands, I saw a door closing and I saw hands reaching through the doors. Like thousands, thousands of hands reaching through the doors. Like saying like, let me come in, let me come in. Like, let me open the door. Like, let me come in. And then immediately after like i feel like two seconds three seconds after that the door slammed shut and (laughs) uh, i had another vision um same week just not yesterday that was related to this um i saw a cross like see the thing about this vision i don't know how to describe it so i probably shouldn't talk about it but basically, it was talking about how there's very few people, very few young people who are actually going to make it out. And that was disturbing for me because I genuinely see the potential young people have to live for God. Um and it's very hard for me to 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 even talk about this because I love you guys. I love you guys. And I don't want y'all to I I just I hate seeing people living beneath 
who God says they are or who they could be if they just like got in. And this vision was disturbing to me because after that, God told me, my people are running out of time. It was very disturbing. Like I just saw the, the door slam shut and this door looked like uh, like a very majestic door. If I'm being honest, it, it had like this golden brown look. It was this like golden wood kind of design. And it was big, like the doors were huge. But I remember the door slamming shut on a bunch of these hands that were trying to reach through. And God was telling me, my young people are running out of time. Why am I talking about no experience? Why am I talking about young people? I was listening to Miles Monroe and he said that the reason why God uses young people The reason why God used young people is because young people did not have experience yet. Because the enemy knows that once we start to experience things, we form attachments to them. And it's very hard to go back and unlearn those attachments. God, the truth is, it is abnormal for God to not use young people. God normalized in using young people. And I'm going to give you guys great examples. Let's talk about Josiah. Josiah was a king at eight years old. You can go read um, about Josiah in 2 Chronicles 34 verse 1 to 7. I'm actually going to open it because I want to read about Josiah. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. And literally his passion for Christ is crazy. Because his father was a very wicked man. His father died because his own servants killed him. That's how evil his father was. But somehow, somehow Josiah had this passion for Christ. And I'm going to read it for you. Josiah 34 verse 1 to 7. I'm going to try to hold this up to the mic so you can hear me. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. Number two, verse two. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed the ways of his father, David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. Verse three, in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father, David. In his his 12th year, (laughs) in his 12th year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of high places Asherah poles and idols. So basically, his passion was so crazy that the moment he became king, after a few years of like living for God and, and serving God in the kingdom, he's like, I don't like people having all of these idols. I don't like people having all of these false gods that they're worshiping. So I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm, go- I'm Well, Jerusalem was where he reigned. But I'm going to literally destroy all temples Asherah poles, idols that people's people worship, and I'm gonna go to the neighboring land, which was Judah, and I'm going to do the same exact thing. How 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 is it that a man, a young boy, grew up with God and was able to go against poles, idols? temples that that were there for years 
before him and handle the backlash because I don't want y'all y'all I don't want y'all to think people didn't backlash of course people were like this man is crazy how can you how can you do that to us right how can you take away our God right but he was so ready and he was so built and I don't think it was it's a coincidence that he was being built for 31 years because it says 31 years after after he was reigning for 31 years from the age of eight he grew in the presence of God because his passion for Christ was so strong. He turned to the God of his father, David. Which was the God that we know now because there was a lot of gods before that people just worshipped. I don't think it's a coincidence that Josiah was able to go against the world even though he was king, Right? You know, people in that time, people could kill their king, right? But I don't think it was a coincidence that he was able to have that strength and go out and do the Lord's will. I don't think it was easy for him, especially having no experience. Okay. Another good example is Daniel. Daniel served God his whole life. He grew up in a rich family, right? But at the age of 17, Daniel started to live for God. He was called by God. When Daniel was thrown into the den, he was like very old. He was like 70 years. And he was thrown into the den because nobody could understand, like nobody could find a fault. They didn't like that Daniel worshiped God and prayed literally every day. That's why we have the Daniel fast. Because the legacy that this man left in living his life for Christ is literally insane. Right? But Daniel was so committed in his walk that he never did anything with, with, with malice. He had character and integrity. And so his colleagues were, were like, okay, let's try to find something that we can blackmail him with. Because again, even in this day and age, People have skeletons in their closet, right? People do things in secret that they don't want people to do that they're shameful and could potentially, you know, strip them of their careers and everything they work for, right? But Daniel had no fault. It says in the Bible in 2 Kings, Daniel had no fault. Literally, found they found nothing. And so they were like, okay, well, after like talking to the king and like formulating this plan... They said, let's just throw him in the den. He was thrown in the den when he was 70 years old, serving God from the age of 17. Another great example of a young person is David. David killed Goliath when he was 15. Yeah. David killed Goliath when he was 15. And get this, he killed Goliath and then he went back into the field to be built and then rule as king. I don't think it's a coincidence that the enemy is after our youth. I think it is very intentional to captivate us and oppress us through our music and the things we listen to and the people we look up to, the celebrities. I think it is in, it is intentional for the enemy to use that because what the enemy wants you to do is that he wants you to experience these things. He wants you to form attachments to these things. He wants you to, to, to go into different worlds and see different people and form attachments to them, right? 
because that those are experiences, right? And then before you know it, 10 years down the line, you're in the same place. Because the the things of the world do one very good thing the best. They are good at one thing, wasting time. They will waste your time. And the reason why God used young people is because he wanted to form a foundation of intimacy and strength in them, of commitment and submission in them to live for him. So that when we did go through these experiences, you have a compass. If you do go through these experiences and you, again, you're growing, your body is changing, you might have, you might start feeling different, you might start acting different, right? Purity is a thing. Even when you grow up and, and let's say you've never been in a relationship, you've never seen people and you've never made friends in, in like uni or, or college and stuff like that, right? You still have a foundational concept, an intimacy and a communion with God that is literally leading you. So having these feelings and emotions and sensations is not a bad thing. It's bad when we act on them outside of God. Because we know that God does not promote sin. But I think the reason why the enemy has attacked us is because he wants to take away the gift of having no experience. It is a gift to serve God when you have no experience of the world. It is a gift. I don't want you to feel... Let me tell you something. Let, let, don't let the world shame you for following God when you haven't experienced it. Because they're going to be like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You've never been through this. You've never been through that. You don't have to. You don't have to go through things to learn. I heard a quote a very long time ago that said, extraordinary people learn from other people's mistakes and the problem is that when we do experience those things we can quickly dismiss the things of God because we can be like well I tried it and it didn't work I tried it and it didn't work that's what Miles Monroe said he's like that's why God used young people because they had no experience because they didn't have attachments they didn't have things drawing them that had this hold on them didn't have all of these distractions they were innocent right they had no experience and so I could use them because they had this purity of heart right that they could that they had this this innocence this truth to them this unwavering strength unwavering confidence because when you're young you have a lot of confidence trust me I know, I was preaching in my dad's office, not my dad's office, but my dad's church when I was like 13. He gave me the sermon to talk about, and I was on that stage. You understand what I'm saying? When you're young, you have a confidence that you don't have when you get older. Because as you get older, you start to experience things. Then you start to form anxiety. Then you start to worry. Then you start to ask yourself, oh, does he like me? Does she like me? Oh my gosh, she broke my heart. I'm never trusting any woman again. These women are snakes. Men are trash. (laughs) Oh Lord. I'm sorry, I went on a rampage. But 
it's it that's 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 what happens the lack of experience enables us to be used by god <sighs> we are supposed to live for christ that's why the enemy that's why it's so funny that when you talk about god people immediately change their attitude because somehow sorry i'm like moving the mic somehow we've been convinced to think that god is a myth somehow we've been led to believe that god doesn't exist somehow we think that the book the the bible was written by a bunch of random men right well now we have feminists saying men wrote the bible so it's wrong because men wrote it we have a lot of things that are being thrown at us right and left and i don't think that's a coincidence i think that has been something the enemy has been brewing so that we can have this rebellion and not just have a rebellion but have justification for the rebellion we can justify why we don't follow god because majority of the people aren't well i'm not I don't believe in God, man. There's so much in this world that that you know, there's so many different religions. You know, there's how come, you know, how come they don't believe in Jesus and they don't believe it? How is it that Christianity is the right religion? First of all, Christianity is not a religion. Yikes. It's not a religion. People made it a religion because humanity is fallen, right? People took it and and used it to serve them by Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is the kingdom of God. When Jesus came, he did not talk about religion. Religion killed Jesus. The Pharisees killed Jesus because they think, they thought that they knew the word of God. But they didn't. They were religious. The Bible, I even see in, in I was watching The Chosen, that the Pharisees were like this holy, these holy people. But they're only holy because they studied the Bible, not actually living it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, Christianity is the kingdom of God. And don't let anyone shame you. Don't let anyone shame you. I want you to have childlike confidence. Because let me tell you something. When people don't understand something, they will reject it. Because psychologically it threatens their knowledge and immediately they get defensive because they don't want to look like they don't know what they're talking about but the truth is they don't know what they're talking about that's why they're rejecting you they haven't done deep studies and deep dives into the bible and read about the theologians and and before christ and and, and after christ and after after christ died and the reason why a lot of people reject god is not because they don't know him it's because other people do there's this um thing that i heard people like things that other people like and it has created it has created this um i think it's psychology we call it in group mentality where we're group thinking like the way the world thinks is the way i think i don't have a mind of my own if you really want to hear from god all you have to do is ask. All you have to do is ask God, okay, I want to see you because I don't think you're real. So what should I do? 
What does the Bible say to do? Seek God. Okay, just try it. Just try it and see if you'll see God. A, and if your life changes, A, I mean, just tell God I get, tell, tell God I led you there. <laughs> Give me some credit, okay? <laughs> but um, do not feel ashamed for living for God. And I'm going to read Galatians 5.16. Because for some reason, this verse has been reminded to me. The Holy Spirit wants me to say this. I wasn't going to, but I am. It is Galatians 5.16. Alrighty, Galatians 5.16. So I walk by the Spirit. So I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Um, I sometimes feel like the reason why we don't follow Christ as young people is because we don't think we can actually do it. Like we don't think we can actually get away from these things. We don't think that it's possible to live a pure and holy life. We don't think it's right to like avoid all the things in this world because we have so many different voices. And what makes it so hard is because everybody is doing it, right? The reason why we justify is because everybody else is doing it. Well, I'm going to the club because everyone else is going. I'm going out tonight because everyone else is going. You know what I mean? Like everyone else is going. Everyone else is doing it. Oh my God, y'all, I'm so sorry. My brother's like has his thing on. But I think it's important to note that the Bible says that very few will enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, it's a narrow road and it's a narrow road for a reason because few travel on it, right? There's very few people who will actually have a mind of their own. Very few people who will defy you know, the the group thinking and want to take their own path. A lot of us don't want to live for Christ because we're not ready for the rejection of the world that comes with it. We're not ready for the gossiping about us. Oh, she she follows God now. She she don't drink, she don't smoke anymore. She stopped talking to these guys. You know what I'm saying? She's weird, you know. She's doing this God thing, whatever. We don't want that. We don't want to be seen because we still care about what people think about us, Right? Somebody's perception of you does not have to be your reality. Somebody's opinion of you does not have to be what you live by. You do what you were called to do. Because I guarantee you, you have a purpose. And you have a responsibility. And yes, there is a way to live for God and avoid fleshly things. And it says in Galatians... It says, um, if you walk in the spirit, you will not gratify the things of the flesh. Why is that? Because the flesh becomes weaker and your spirit becomes stronger. Your spirit is the spirit of God in you. Your spirit is what makes you holy. 
Your spirit it was is what is what draws you to God. Your spirit is what allows you to hear from God and to listen and to follow him. Your spirit is what makes you walk righteously, right? The way that you can avoid this is by feeding your spirit, growing your relationship with God. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, the world has so many voices and you are going to waste so much time listening to every one of them. And you can go on and try it. You can go on ahead and try it. This is your life. But I don't think it's worth wasting all your youth on. I really don't. I really don't. And so if you're young and you're listening to this, I want you to press in deeper. Press in deeper. Because you're exactly where God wants you to be. And yes, there's going to be people in your family who are like, well, she's too young. She doesn't know stuff. He's too young. He doesn't know anything. But that doesn't matter. When God used young people, he let their actions speak for them. Right? He let the favor on their lives speak for them. So sometimes, not even sometimes, all the time, let God defend you. Don't defend yourself. Let God defend you by what he does in your life. I'm going to finish with reading Hebrews 9.14. Because again, this was uh, another verse that just came to me in the moment. And then we're going to get finished because time is going. Hebrews 9.14. There we go. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who th- who through the eternity, wait, what? There you go. How much more then with the blood of Christ, who through eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience, consciences, conscience, conscience, consciousnesses. from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living god i'm gonna read that again how much more then will the blood of christ who through the eternal who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to god cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living god God gave his son so that we would be rid of our conscience, to clean our conscience, to purify our subconscious mind, to purify our hearts and our actions. Not in our own righteousness, but in his. And so my message to you today is... What has God been saying to you that you've been avoiding? Has God been calling you lately? And if he hasn't, have you thought about God? If you were to take away everything from this world, what would you be left with? 
would you still have the car would you still have the access to the endless options of dates and dating sites and men and women would you still have people who actually care about you or do you have people who care about you my question to you is if you were to take away all the distractions in your life what would you be left with is the voice of the world worth your purpose Alrighty, guys, I am done for today. <sighs> Again, this was a very thing, a very hard thing to talk about, but I had to talk about it, and I'm just praying that you receive it. Um, we don't have time left; time is running out. So, seek God while you can. Get right with God while you can, because we don't have time. Time is running out. All right, guys, I will see you guys next Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening and supporting and following and liking and commenting. It means the world to me. I can't wait to see what God does. Again, thank you. And I hope you guys have a blessed week. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.